bringing the resurrection home from the scripture in Romans chapter 8. The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And he will he who raised Christ from the dead and you will also give life to your mortal bodies. I want to keep bringing it home. We, we have went to different occasions after the resurrection. And we are walking through to the end of this month when we will be talking about Pentecost and the outpouring of the Spirit of Christ. But I want to take you on this post-resurrection journey to John chapter 21. If you need sermon notes, they are available on comegetfree.org. You can download them. And we have kept that available for you. So it's free. Just download them and you'll see it there. But in John chapter 21 and 3, Simon Peter says to his disciple friends, to his brothers... Now, this is after they have already met with the Lord. Uh, they, uh, after the Lord has appeared to them on a few occasions. On this particular moment, we see that Simon Peter and the disciples must be struggling. And in their struggle, Simon Peter says to them, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. And the other disciples looked and said, we're going fishing with you. So anybody ever fished before? Fishing can be fun. Fishing can be cool. And I have so many childhood memories of fishing, uh, did a lot of fishing uh, there when I lived in a little country town in Oregonia. The Little Miami River was there. We used to fish regularly there. Used to go fishing with my uncle Larry. Larry used to take me fishing and we would catch a mess of fish. I can remember so many times catching a mess of catfish. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Cooking those babies up. They always tasted so good. I actually have a fish story. Yes, I do. I, it was one of those times I was out fishing and I caught a fish that weighed 13 pounds, the biggest fish I'd ever caught as a little boy. And I've been telling that story, that good fishing story ever since. This is going to be a fishing story. I think you can relate to it because some of you have been sitting around your house saying, I got to get out of the house. And probably some of you said, I'm going fishing. Some of you said, I'm going to the beach or I'm going to the store. Or, I need to go to a party or something. I think most of you were saying, I need to go to church. I think that's what you were saying. We're not the first in history that have been forced to adapt to difficult circumstances. And, and the disciples experienced this as the church. We can relate to it as well. I think it's going to change the way that we deal with what's going on. And not only with what is going on, but the future. Can, can I tell you that... We, when we accepted Jesus, walked into a new normal. I'm telling you, when I came to Jesus, things changed. Anybody else could agree with me that when you gave your life to the Lord Jesus, things changed in your life. Things just shifted. And, and so I want, I want you to take that normal of knowing Jesus into this new relationship. In John 17, Jesus said this, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And the Christian community developed a quote from that, and that is, we are in the world, but not of the world. So the things that are happening in the world, they affect us, but they do not infect us. They do not destroy us. They do not control us. Uh, coming to uh, this revelation that we are in the world but not in the world should help us and should stabilize, stabilize us. Last week, 
we were talking about a couple of disciples who had left Jerusalem and Jesus just showed up. I love that. Don't you love this? That even when you feel like you are walking away, even when you feel like the world has dominated you, Jesus just keeps showing up. Remember, immediately after the institution of the Supper of the Lord in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus was talking to his disciples in verse 31 and he said, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Did you see this? All of you, Jesus said this, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. And he goes on and he quotes the scriptures. He says, because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, this is not a word of failure. This, uh, the word is actually where we get the word scandal. It's scandalizo in the Greek. And, and the meaning is caught in a trap as if you took the bait. And they did. We talk a lot about Peter failing, but the scripture says all of them failed. All of you will be made to fail. And they, they, they all failed. And a- after the arrest of the Lord Jesus, it's, they, just, they, just, they just took the bait. They fell into the trap. They had the sense of it's over. The movement, they were a part of this great movement of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus is our leader. And the crowds are coming. And things felt so good. But they all fell in the trap. And here's the trap they fell into. The trap was, it's over. That's it. I know even if you raised from the dead, things will never be the same. We're not gathering. What's going to happen to all of our mountainside gatherings? What's going to happen to all of these moments? Things are just different now. We like the way it always was before. Now, even though Jesus said clearly to his disciples that they were going to fail, they all said, they all denied him. He told them, I'll be arrested. I'll be falsely accused. I will die. They will put me in a tomb. I'll rise again. In Matthew 16 and 21, Jesus clearly told them all of this. He told them not once. He told them over and over and over again. But still, when Jesus died, it was like, what? We didn't see that coming. Isn't it amazing that we can look in the word of God and see what the future holds. We can hear the word of Jesus, but then when it happens, it's like, what? Let's go high. And they, they disbanded. They headed out of town, even though they had seen Jesus alive. Even though Thomas put his hands in the prints where Jesus was nailed and in his side, still disciples did not have it together. Do you hear what I'm telling you right now? Some of you would say, well, if I could only see Jesus. Listen, if we go back through the miracles, the things that Christ has done in your life, how is it that God can show up in our life and show himself so real and transform us? But then we go to another step. And listen, I'm not busting on you. All of us have been scandalized. All of us have struggled. It's just not our expectations because even though we know something to be true, even though you read something to be true, you don't know necessarily what your expectations are until they hit you right in the face. Can I talk to somebody who's married right now? You got married. You thought it would just be this. But then after a few months, after a few years or so, it's like, this is not what I expected. But that's why God put you together in a covenant. You understand? And in that covenant, you'll be able to realize new expectations and change your view of life. And things can get better. You see, we're not different, really. We have this thing about scriptures that we read. 
We read them sometimes emotionally rather than personally. It's if we don't like it, we just kind of look at the Bible. We say, well, yeah, this is good. And oh, man, I love salvation by grace through faith in Jesus. But what, what, what? Right here, right here it says, what? I'm supposed to deny myself and take up the cross and follow Jesus. I don't like, I don't, I don't like that page. I think I'll just throw that one away. And then we look at other scriptures in the Bible, you know, where we see where Jesus is talking about the future and talking about things that could happen and that we would be despised and say, yeah, nah, I don't like that scripture either. I'll just get rid of that one. Yeah, I don't want to live that particular way. And then you just keep looking through the scripture. And then it says things like, you, you know, some of these scriptures, you know, scriptures about a lifestyle and the power of the tongue and things like that. And we say, no, nope, don't like that one either. Don't like that one. And, and, and uh, authority and yeah, it's like we kind of pick and choose certain things. Like I really, really like that Jesus rose again. I really like that. But this talk about the world hating you and despising you, yep, nope, nope, we can, I'm just going to rip out those things. Now, finally, we just have so much of the scripture rip, ripped out until we just have those pages that we really accept. Listen, God's word is our new normal. When you come to Jesus, his spirit and his presence, what he says is the truth. I'm not, people are still upset with me for tearing up the Bible right now. I, I, but you've been, we've been tearing it up for years. Preach, Pastor Rick. Anybody still in the room with me? Are you still? No, he said, no, we're in our house. Are you still in the word with me right now? A good example of this is the disciples in Matthew 24. Before Jesus died, before he went to the cross, literally, they asked Jesus, what will be the signs of your coming? His ultimate return after he rises from the dead. So they were looking towards that. And the scripture is is even more speaking to us here as modern day disciples. So Jesus in Matthew 24, anybody ever read Matthew 24? He sat on the, uh, on the Mount of the Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, what will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and he said, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars, and rumors of wars, see that you're not troubled. What? See that you're not troubled. In other words, what he's saying is, don't take the bait. Hear me. Don't, don't suck into it. When you see trouble, you don't accept trouble. For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences earthquakes and various places all these are the beginning of sorrows sorrows wait wait sorrows i'm taking that page out too i don't 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 like that and then they will deliver you up to tribulation they'll kill you and you'll be hated by all nations no that is not the church i joined and then many will be offended and will betray one another there'll be a fence within the church they'll be offended with one another and many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. So about all of this, the gospel right now, more people are hearing the gospel than ever before. And we're like, yay, Jesus, we know what the last days are going to be like. But we don't have to think about that because we'll all be gone before all that happens. 
way, that's sort of what we see going on now. Everybody pay attention. Come on. We like being a part of easy church. Easy church is not the way it will always be. I came, I want to I go to Freedom Church. I want to go to easy church, you know, just easy street church. So the disciples were sort of as we are in the resurrection scene. We're screaming, no, help us get back to normal. Normal what? Maybe our normal wasn't as great as we thought. You know, when church doesn't really matter, when, when praying is optional, normal. I love Jesus as long as he doesn't cause me to change my life. I, I love Jesus as long as I don't have to bring it into my house. I, I love you, Jesus, and I know you want us to pray constantly, but really praying with my wife, praying with my children. I love Jesus, especially if I've got somebody to teach my kids on a Sunday, but now I'm their teacher. What? I, I mean, really? Please, Jesus, let us get back to normal. Jesus has a way of lighting a fire under us on occasion. Can I get a yes from somebody on Facebook right now? Jesus has a way of turning up the heat and allowing things to happen. So I really hate this time. I really believe that the cause of Christ is to use this season to wake us up to who we really are. To what the normal always was. Because the new normal happened when you were born again. The new normal got a hold of us. Now, I expect to reconvene, but I also have some high expectations for what God is doing with this church and with your home. And go back with me just for a moment, John 21 and 3, and take a look at the scripture where Peter says, I'm going fishing. And they said, we are going with you. The disciples, they're tired. They're struggling. It's all gone. The movement is gone. The ministry is gone. Peter had denied Jesus. And he had seen Jesus already a couple of times when he appeared to them behind closed doors. But it wasn't the same. He didn't have the same relationship. He had failed. And Jesus had told them in Matthew 26, Peter, he had told them that they would deny him. But Peter answered and said to them, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Nobody can make me stumble. Come on, let's fight, baby. Ain't nobody going to do this. And Jesus said, Peter, just so you know, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So get ready. It's going to happen. It's right in front of you tonight. And, Jesus, and then he went on and Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so all of the disciples said the same thing. So it was all of them. All of them said it. Now, I think uh, this is interesting. It's like the disciples are saying, yeah, Lord, not us. We're, we're, going, we're not going to deny you. And, and, and then they just, they just kind of walk right into it. It's, it's almost like it was a setup. Now you know that you're going to face failure. Yeah, I think they just want their Christian life to be what they thought it would be. Jesus is here. We're all going to get rich. Everyone will like us. The country is a Christian country, and they're going to always like us, and they're always going to embrace us. And all of our neighbors, when we tell them that we're Christians, they're all going to say, oh, we want to go to church with you. All of them stumbled. All of them fell into the same trap. They believed, but they didn't believe. They had seen his power, but they didn't trust his power would bring them to the level they wanted him, them to be in God. And, and now Jesus is risen. He's appeared to them. They believe, but they still are struggling with what's next. 
And this is where we relate. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. We are forgiven. But I want a normal life. You get it, don't you? I want my life like this. Let's go to the beach. Let's go out to eat. Let's all crowd and do the church building. I just want my normal Christianity back. But Jesus knows what's going on in our heads. He actually had told them about it before the crucifixion. And he told Mary about, uh, about what's going on to remind them. Now notice in Matthew 21 and 6, or 26 and 31, Jesus said, tonight you will all desert me. But after I have been brought back to life again, I will go to Galilee and meet you there. It's like that little part they missed. And, and, and Jesus told Mary when he appeared to her, he said, don't be frightened. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. But he says, I want you to go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going to go meet them in Galilee. So Jesus appears to them a couple of times behind closed doors. He was always planning to meet them in Galilee. Do you understand? He showed up and I'm thinking, why did he show up behind closed doors? Because these guys were stuck. It was like, guys, remember me? I told you I was going to see you. I told you that we were going to get together. They didn't understand everything, so the Lord just works with it. He rolls with it. And I think all of the struggles, Peter and the disciples, just really in their heart, they just wanted to go home. They wanted to get back on their boats and fish. And that's cool. We relate. So they go back. To when church was the way it had always been, to the Sea of Galilee where they had first met Jesus while they were out fishing. And what happens here changes everything. Jesus meets them in their home turf. He meets them in their old path. But everything is different. The disciples go fishing the same way they had always fished before. And they fished all night, caught nothing. Do you see that in John 21 and 3? I'm going fishing. They go they went out immediately, got into the boat. That night, they caught, what did they catch? Nada. They caught nothing. Verse 4, when morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. They were out to sea, and Jesus said to them, Hey, kids, hey, boys, children, do you guys have any food? I love this, because they had been out all night. They caught no fish, and they had no food. And Jesus knew it and just pointed out to them, Hey, boys, hey, guys, you got any food? No. And he said, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were able to draw in. They were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. In verse 7, Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, John said to Peter, It's the Lord. We know him. We know his actions. We know how Jesus moves because he has given us a, a big pile of fish before. And Peter jumps into the water, swims to shore, and when he gets there, they saw a fire of coals and fish already laid on it and bread. And Jesus said, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Knowing that you're not going to come in until you catch some fish, Jesus went ahead and cooked some fish. How did Jesus catch the fish? Jesus just walked out and grabbed the fish. That's all. He just walked out. That's what I believe. And he also made some bread. So they got bread and fish there on the fire. Simon Peter went up, dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153 exactly. And, all there, there, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. You need to underline some of that in your scriptures. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. 
Yet none of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread, gave it to them, and likewise gave them the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So here's, here's the things that we see. We just see a few things. Look at these new normals. One, we see a new normal for fishing. Anybody believe God's going to do greater things in the future than ever before? Anybody believe that? God's not finished. Jesus is saying to Peter and to all of us, I'm not going to let you keep doing the same things with the same results and allow you to believe that it is a good thing. I want you to reach more than you've ever reached before in your life. All the way back in Matthew 4 and 18, Jesus had met the disciples on the seashore and he told them, guys, you're fishing. You've been fishing for fish. I want you to come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I didn't raise you up just so you would continue in a vocation. I raised you up so you could reach the world. Folks, there has got to be more to life than toilet paper. Come on. You have, come on, you have a purpose in this life. And it's not just to retire with a good pension. Do you hear what I'm telling you? God has a plan. For me personally, purpose is everything. If I don't win this neighborhood, if we don't share this gospel, if it's acceptable to have a stimulus check from the government, but we're not stimulated to reach our children and our neighbors with a redeeming message of Christ in these last days, how is it that we're so acceptable, so, so accepting of that stimulation, but that the Holy Spirit would come and stimulate our mortal bodies so that we would reach the world in these days? We should be moved to humble ourselves in, in our homes and humble our ourselves to the word of God and allow him to direct our lives. Praise God. I believe more people are hearing the gospel than ever before. I'm hearing testimonies. New people who have started to come, come to church that have never been here before. New people giving their life to Jesus. Faith is growing. Marriages are now dealing with their stuff. A young married man who for the first time sat down with his children and opened his Bible and read it to them. A man and his wife hadn't prayed together. Finally finding spiritual intimacy. Oh, a woman who had been away from Jesus found him and her husband and she are now listening to the webcast. You know who you are. When our kids get back to school, I don't want them to have the old normal. I want this new normal. A new counting normal we're seeing. Anybody see that? Peter, they dragged the net and they counted exactly 153 fish. I love the idea and I've always wanted to know, is that a prophetic number? Somebody told me once that uh, that the triangulation of the number 153 is the number 17. And that that number 17 was exactly the number of nations that are mentioned on the day of Pentecost. And I'm thinking, that's cool. But I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm having to work too hard, figuring out all the math. I'm not that good. But I'm, I'm good with that, all right? But then there's the thought that someone said there were exactly 153 types of fish in the Sea of Galilee. I've done some research, can't figure that out. I don't know if anybody ever counted all of those fish, but I get that. 
I'm, I'm thinking maybe that is a possibility. How many know that the Lord wants us to win people from every tongue and every tribe and every nation? That's the word of God. I love Freedom Fellowship. I love that I know right now watching on the web are people from all different nations, all different nationalities, that we are a multi-ethnic community of people and that the Lord is glorified and he's the one that did that. We can never go back. But I also just like that it was 153. Going back to my fishing days. Come on. You don't just catch a bunch of fish and goes home, go home. You count them. And the reason you count them is how many fish are there? They weren't doing business just like they did it before. They were taking note of the miraculous power of Jesus. Come on. This miraculous power. And I, I like this also that they didn't, uh, they didn't even break their nets because not only did they, did, did they have disciples who followed them, but there were also other disciples, those sons of Zebedee who were there this day. Back in Matthew 4 and 21, when they first met Jesus, the Bible says they were sitting on the seashore fixing their nets, mending their nets. In other words, they went on this old boat, jumped in with their old nets, caught a bigger bunch of fish than they'd ever caught, and their nets didn't even break. Then we find Jesus sitting there on the shore Grilling fish up, baby. Hallelujah. Come on. Let me, let me speak to you. Can I tell you something? Whoever you are right now, I don't care what nationality, what background, what your sin is. It doesn't matter who you are. You matter to Jesus. Jesus is counting you. I'm counting you. Jesus wants you in the kingdom. As frustrated, as tired, as weary as you are, Jesus loves you. And he's drawing you now to himself. I love that Jesus was on the seashore in John 21 and he fired up the coals. He had fish and bread laid on it. He said, guys, come and eat. Bring all the fish, bring everything and come and let me serve you. This is a new normal, a new normal that we've never seen before. And we now embrace that. Let me just give you one more part of the new normal. There is also a new connection normal. When Jesus, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, in that particular teaching, we have so much thought. But let me conclude with telling you about this new connection normal. Anybody ever thought that people really talk religiously sometimes at church? It's like, Lord, we just lift you up right now. Hold up our hands and go about our business. You know, just... Everything sometimes seems to be so incredibly, uh, so, so, so religious. You know what I'm saying? Even sometimes when we pray, have you ever noticed that your prayers are always the same? Have you ever noticed that? That sometimes it just seems like your prayers are the same? And when I, when I, when I say that, it's like, Lord, uh, good morning. I love you. Bless my home. Bless my life. Bless my family. Bless the food. In Jesus' name. Amen. What, I, what I'm telling you is that we have a new normal. And this is what we see with Peter. Peter had said before, Lord, if everybody else denies you, I'll never deny you. But now he's in this personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. And it's on a whole new level, just a whole new level of knowing the Lord. Peter looks at Jesus and says, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord. 
then follow my purpose and my plan for your life. No matter what's going on, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs over and over. Yes, Lord, you know me. You know my heart. You know I failed you, but I love you. And I'm telling you, church, listen to what I'm telling you. Listen, I'm telling you in your life right now, God wants honesty. He wants to get real. You're at home. You're praying like you've never prayed before. God wants to get real with your heart. He wants to get real with your life. He wants a new connection with you like you have never experienced before in your life. He loves you. Hear your pastor right now. He loves you. I don't want you to pray like you prayed before. And I'm finding this in my own life. Can I tell you? I found that during this time, during this last nearly nine weeks of separation, I have found the Lord, my relationship with him to be so spectacular. I'm hearing him speak. I'm talking with him. I want you to talk with him as he is literally right there in the room with you. I want you to tell him what's going on. I want you to tell him about your pain. I want you to tell him about what's going on in your life. It's a new normal. I'm wondering. I've heard this discussion. You know, we're expecting, you know, with all this COVID going on. I wonder how many babies will be born when we get back here. And I was thinking about that and I thought... I wonder how many spiritual children will be born after this time. I wonder how many will have a new birth in the Lord Jesus. How many of you will know Jesus like you've never known him before? Go ahead. Tell Jesus. Say, Jesus, I know you're there. I've been sitting out in my boat fishing in old ways. But now, Lord Jesus, I recognize it's you that's on the seashore. I'm jumping in the water. I'm coming to you, Jesus. And I want to hear your voice. Listen, he wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. What God has brought us into is a whole new normal. Are you finally ready to accept this? Get this, get get over the old normal. Ready to receive him, follow him, know him, be changed by him. I'm ready. Anybody else ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Just tell him. Just talk to him. Jesus, I know you're there. Tell him, Jesus, I know you're right here with me right now. I know you're there. I know you're with me, Lord Jesus. I worship you. I praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Jesus. Ah, thank you. I know you rose from the dead. But I also know, Lord, that I struggle sometimes. I've been struggling this week. Weaving some extra tears. Just And, and, I, and you, it's okay. I know. You know my sorrow. Lord Jesus, I'm, I'm ready for you to do something new. So what you told us that you would do something new. You're making a way in the wilderness, streams in the desert. Speak to me. I'm going to sit right here until I hear your voice. Speak to me. I'm waiting on you now. I'm your child. I love you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being patient with me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for chasing me down in Galilee. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for knowing the way that I am. But Lord, now I want you to order my steps. Order my steps. Take charge of my thoughts. Come, Holy Spirit. Some of you need to give your life over to Jesus right now. I want you to do that. Just surrender your life. Tell him, Lord Jesus, you are the Lord. I love you. I believe in you. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Come on. Let's, let's, he says, come and dine. Let's do that right now. Let's, let's have dinner with the Lord. Would you open up 
If you have communion there, some of you picked it up yesterday. Get communion ready. Grab a cracker. Grab some bread. Get it in your hand. Would you do that? Just get it in your hand to hold it. Right there in your hand, hold it. Jesus said, I'm the same Lord that died for you and rose again. And now I want to be a part of your life. I want a new normal. I want a new connection. I want a new prayer with you. I want a new conversation with you. I'm ready, Lord, for what you're doing next. Take the bread. Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Take the bread. His body. Eat it in remembrance of him. Take the cup. This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, my blood poured out for you for the redemption, for the removal, for the remission of your sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take it. Let's give him thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are still your body. We are still your family. Direct me, lead me, guide me. Every step of my life, I belong to you. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Some of you have given your life to Jesus. You can pray. Some of you have needs and you want us to pray for you. Just call the church right now. Call our number, our prayer number, 428-3277, 757-428-3277. I have people answering the phone right now who will pray with you, whatever your needs are. He loves you. You're his child. Just say yes, Lord, to Jesus. Call somebody if you're sick and you want prayer. You're struggling in your home. Call. Somebody wants to meet with you and pray. Feast with you. I love you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace. You know I love you. Come on, let's worship Father as we conclude our service together. Come on, let's worship him together. Sing. I belong to you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. 